Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I want to buy a smart bulb, but which one do I buy? Somebody told me I have to pick between Apple, Amazon, and Google first. Can I just buy a smart bulb and have it work with whatever I have? Are you confused? Don't be. Let's help you know a little more about matter. Since the advent of smart home devices, there have been a menagerie of different standards and ecosystems coming and going for you to navigate. Smart things, Zigbee, Z-Wave, working across devices from Amazon, Apple, Google, and more. But on December 18th, 2019... Amazon, Apple, Google, Samsung, SmartThings, and the Zigbee Alliance formed a working group called Project Connected Home over IP, or CHIP, to make things simpler for developers, retailers, and consumers. In May 2021, they changed the name from Project CHIP to Matter. Here to help us understand what that is, how we might expect it to work, is Stacy Higginbotham of StacyOnIoT.com. Thanks for being here, Stacy. Thanks for having me, Tom. All right, let's start with the basics. Why do we need a standard and and why does that standard need to be matter? Okay, we've actually had so many standards and that's actually probably why we need matter. But what happened was companies came out around 2012 with this idea for all of these crazy connected devices in the home and they were piggybacking on the power of the smartphone. And suddenly you could connect your smartphone to your lights and turn things on and off and then we got voice and then it just became a whole big thing. But Nothing worked together, and it was really confusing for consumers. It was horrible for developers because they had to build something, and then they had to get it certified through, like, Amazon, Google, maybe Zigbee, maybe Apple HomeKit. It was just too much. And people didn't buy stuff, and they were right not to because it was freaking confusing. So what happened back in December is they came out with this standard, and it was Amazon, Apple, Google, Samsung, they all said, hey, you know what? No one's buying our stuff because it's confusing. (laughs) This is terrible for the industry. Let's come together and create a standard that we can all work with. And that's what matter is or will be. We actually don't know exactly. And it's really important to say this. Matter has been delayed a little bit because they launched it right before the pandemic. Mm. And they've delayed it until sometime early next year. So we don't actually know what the certification is going to do. We know lots of things about it. We also don't know a lot of things about it. So I think you kind of answered this, but companies want to cooperate on this. Usually companies, you know, compete with each other, but they want to cooperate because none of them are selling as many devices as they could if they cooperate. Is that it? That's a big part of it. And also with smart 
devices in the home, like a lot of these things are like HVAC or light bulbs or light switches. These are things you want to put in your house and you don't want to take them out. You don't want to replace your light switches like you replace your smartphone. And they want to get more builders involved. They want to build this into the infrastructure of the house. No one's going to buy their house and say, I'm sorry, is this house home kit certified? No, I won't take it. <laughs> well, and, and that, I mean, it, that makes sense. There are so many other things in your house that are standardized. Uh, so smart home devices, it would be nice if, if that were one of them, right? That's the goal. All right. So what is matter? How, how, do, how does this work? So matter is a protocol and it runs at the application layer. And that's a really complicated way of saying that basically any matter certified device is going to have the ability to say, I am this type of device. These are my capabilities. And this is how you talk to me. And they say this all programmatically. So you can write an application that lets you say, I have a light bulb. I can do the following things. Here's how you talk to me. That's all matter is. It runs over two different wireless protocols today. That's going to be Wi-Fi, which we all know and love, and Thread, which is kind of new. And that's designed for things like sensors, which require less power. So Wi-Fi hogs a ton of batteries. So if you have a battery-powered device, you want to use Thread. And so we're going to see more Thread devices coming. And that'll be a little new for consumers, but it's not scary. And again, we'll see continuous development of Wi-Fi devices. So, so if I have this right, basically your device right now speaks its own language. And Matter is sort of the, not exactly the universal translator, but a way for the simple stuff to be broadcast. I'm a light bulb. This is how I go on. This is how I go off. And everything else can still be in its own language on the device. Yes. And it gets a little weird because computers, uh -huh. you know, computers have languages like Java and Python and stuff. This isn't that. It's actually, it's called a data model. Mm -hmm. And basically it's what I, it's exactly what I said. So yes, you can call it a language, but it's, it's kind of like actually like AB, it's like an alphabet, like Cyrillic versus, you know, ABCD, you know, whatever. Or, yeah, yeah, right. I was like, what is our alphabet even called? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the Roman it, or maybe alphabet, it's yeah. the Thank you, the Roman alphabet. So like the, the rules of grammar associated with that is probably mm -hmm. a better way to think of it. Like everybody, everybody on the network can agree what an on is and an off is. And then the bulb or whatever can decide how to implement that itself. But everybody knows that you're telling the light bulb to go on. Well, and it also, the light bulb also has to talk back because unlike just giving commands, you have to understand mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. So yes. And that, that state has to communicate to everything that might care about your light bulbs. It's probably not going to be your refrigerator, but it might be your security system mm -hmm. or it might even be your sound system. So it's there's a lot happening behind the scenes in your house, hopefully. Now, you said there's Thread, the, the new pro, newer protocol, and there's Wi-Fi. Uh, does a device have to support both to work with the Matter platform? No. So from a radio perspective, any Wi-Fi device can be only Wi-Fi, and any Thread device can be only Thread. They also, there will be something called a thread border router, which is where thread devices talk to Wi-Fi. Hmm. And the important thing about thread is that it's a mesh network. And this is relevant for anybody who's ever tried to like have like a plain old Bluetooth light bulb and then you get too far out of range and you can no longer turn your light bulb on and off with your phone. 
I don't know how many people have had this issue, but it's an issue. Uh, with a mesh system like Thread, what will happen is any other Thread devices will relay that signal back. So with the Thread border router with Wi-Fi, what happens is even if you have far off sensors, they can communicate over the Thread network and eventually it'll get over to Wi-Fi and then that comes back to your phone or the internet at large and can share that information. So like, that was kind I, of a lot. I've got a thread sensor out on the fence, let's say, and then that sends a thing to the light bulb thread that then sends it to the border router that then sends it to Wi-Fi to my phone. Yes. Something like that. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> to oversimplify. That's, that's a very linear mesh, but yes. Sure, sure, sure. But <laughs> does this replace other protocols? Are, are we saying goodbye to Zigbee and Z-Wave and all those alphabet soups? Man, not for a long time. So here's where it gets <laughs> even more fun. The radio for Thread is actually the same radio as Zigbee. So for some people, like if you just bought a Zigbee device, it's actually pretty likely that it's going to be upgradable to become a Thread-supported device, just like that radio will be Zigbee and Thread. Now, older stuff... That's not the case. So then what would happen is I expect to see vendors issue new gateway devices. So if you have a gateway that controls your lights or maybe it's your door locks, whatever device in there, they can replace the gateway with a matter certified gateway and that would work. In other cases, what will happen is a company like Philips Hue says they're going to do this. They're going to update their existing gateways, which use Zigbee, to become matter compliant. Your Zigbee bulbs are still going to be out there in that case, but you'll have a matter compliant hub that uses, it's, again, it, it, it'll be thread for matter, but it's really still speaking to the Zigbee bulbs. And so that will just automatically work with a software update. So sounds like the chances are a lot of my older devices might <laughs> might work with matter, but maybe not every single one. Yes. And the most likely ones are going to be those that have hubs. If you've got a hub, you've bought it within the last, I'm going to say three years or so. Mm -hmm. And it's it's from a reputable vendor who cares. That's that's a big caveat there, right? Those should work. Just this week, Silicon Labs said they're going to make it easy for companies to upgrade their Z-Wave devices to Matter, but that doesn't mean that someone necessarily will. And it also, there are some classes of devices out there, door locks are actually a good one, that they usually work with the hub, like SmartThings or Wink or even like Amazon those individual devices may not get an update to matter because those manufacturers don't have a way to really control the update process. And then there are things like uh, LifeX, which work over Wi-Fi. Those should be fine because they already work over Wi-Fi, I would guess. Yes. Those, those people, they just have to like implement a software update to be like, hey, here are all the data models that are associated with matter. Here's, basically, here's how you say, I'm a light bulb. <laughs> that's that's nice because I have a couple of LifeX bulbs, so I'm very happy about that. So obviously, the, the newer devices that will be coming out from any of the companies, and I, I think there's like, what, 170 companies involved in Matter, and it grows uh, over time. Yeah, there's like 180-something now. 180 now, wow. Um, so th those will support Matter. 
the older devices, it depends, uh, and you'll have to to look at things. Are there, are there any big ones that aren't? I know Google's updating some of their Nest devices. Signifies, like you said, updating Hue, uh, but only but not Wiz, right? They're launching whole new Wiz products, and that's partly because the Wiz stuff wasn't designed with this kind of gateway model, mm-hmm. and also. I hate to say this. It's a cheaper brand. I feel like if you bought cheap connected devices in the last few years, those manufacturers are less likely to invest in upgrading those devices to matter. So it feels like the, sh- the shortcut would be if your device works over Wi-Fi, which there's lots of them that do, then you're probably okay, right? Well, sort of. Okay. There's only certain kinds of devices that are supported by Matter. So a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to hold off on buying any you know, video doorbells until Matter comes out. And I tell them not to do that because not all devices are going to be Matter supported in the beginning. Only your lights, blinds, HVAC stuff, televisions, mm. access control stuff like uh, garage door openers, door locks, safety and security sensors and alarms, um, access points and gateways – and then just additional controllers. Those are the only things. You'll notice the big things that are missing there are video cameras and appliances. Mm-hmm. So And wearables, if you care about that sort of thing. So that's another thing to think about. So uh, I'm tempted to want to just go to sleep for a few years and wait for this <laughs> to, to all get rolled out. Uh, and rollout and certification has been delayed a, a few times, as, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, not the least of which because of the pandemic. Do we know, do you have a guess how long before this becomes common? You know, when, when, when should an average customer start to expect to see it when they go out shopping? I think by the end of next year, you're going to see it going shopping. End of 2022. Okay. End of 2022. I think you're going to hear a lot more from manufacturers at CES 2022 about their plans. So you're going to have a really good sense like, oh, is this particular hub going to be supported? Do I need to buy new door locks? What is the chance that all this falls apart and, and it just doesn't end up working? I think people, when they hear about delays, start to think like, oh, they're having problems. Uh, they, they can't get people on board. But it's, it's certainly not that people are on board. There's, there's more of a complexity to this than a usual standard where they just issue the standard and everybody has to do all the work themselves, right? Right. Instead of just saying, hey, I've written up a map on how to get there. They're actually like programming your car for you and and sending it on the way. So they're offering an SDK, a software development kit to people. This is great because that means once the standard is certified and in software, it's very easy for people to actually implement it. You can just run this SDK on your device and it should work. and then you can go and get it certified and then it should be out a little bit faster. So they're doing more development on the standards kind of back end to make it faster to get to the end products. So I did not answer you well, about it all failing. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I'm, what do you think the chances are that this succeeds, even if it takes longer than people expected? I think it will succeed. Here's what I know from 20-something years in the tech world. You standardize when you have to, and then you build walls and barriers on top of that standard to differentiate your product. And so 
what's going to happen is they realize that, oh, God, this is way too much, you know, this is too low level, too much low level complexity for consumers. So they're taking that away. And I think that will actually succeed. But I think what happens next is you're going to see different ways that the big vendors are trying to, I don't want to say cut out the smaller vendors, but build experiences that only they can Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Mm -hmm. their market share and massive developer base. And maybe some incentives like, hey, if you still want cool things with your like Nest Cams, you're going to want to have Nest Cams with your other matter devices and they'll, they'll do extra special things. Right. So I I think that's good. That's how competition works in these spaces. I think we'll see a lot more competition around service offerings as opposed to the hardware. And that should be really interesting. Yeah. And it it sounds like what you're describing would take us from these devices just don't work with these other devices to these devices all work with each other. Although maybe the, you know, Google home works a little better with the nest and has a few extra features, which overall sounds like an improvement to me. I think it will be. And I, I would, I would give you a classic example of like movie time. Most people are like, Hey, I want to have a movie time routine when I have my smart home. Right. And It used to be, and that would be like, my TV turns on, my lights dim, my AC goes down, my doors lock, all of those things could happen, right? It used to take me like two hours to program something like that. You had to hope and pray all your devices work. Those kind of things are going to become like a default setting on your TV. Like your TV is going to be like, or maybe it'll be your light bulbs. It will know what's in your house. It will ask if you want to set something up. You can finagle with it if you want to, but you don't have to. And then it'll just happen. The types of services I think we're going to see, and I don't know if we're ready to pay for them, are going to be things like, hey, I want to pay for a healthy home. Thus, I want my various temperature and air quality sensors to talk to each other and talk to my HVAC and talk to my open closed sensors on my windows and make all of that work together. So my, my indoor air quality is always awesome, right? We're going to see those kind of things are energy savings. We're going to see them around security. And and those will be differentiators. And it will be, I think, pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I could see on top of that, uh, the kind of thing that you have in the Nest Learning Thermostat becoming a service uh, where it says, look, you, you all your devices can work together. But if you work, if you pay a subscription to our ecosystem to manage them, our machine learning algorithms uh, will optimize everything. That That seems likely, right? Exactly. And they'll pull in, though, the things that maybe aren't. They'll also like for Nest, not only do you have like awesome machine learning people, right, plus mm-hmm. all that access to data, you're also going to have access to cameras, which others may not have. So that's how we're going to see this kind of, I guess, become again, a differentiator for consumers and a source of revenue for the big companies. Last uh, topic before before we wrap this up, uh, security. Does Matter do anything to help IoT's reputation for weak security? Yes, maybe. <laughs> I was so sorry, <laughs> I am to, sorry to do there. this to you guys. You're like, yes, it really does. As part of Matter, it standardizes certain things like uh, encryption and uh, between devices in the cloud. Um, so it standardizes a lot of that. And then they also have... This is crazy. I'm just going to say it. Blockchain. They have created a blockchain setup where 
your each individual matter compliant device will have an entry on they're, they're calling, I, I can't remember if it's the matter ledger or some sort of blockchain-based ledger that will have its device ID. It will have things like, hey, am I updated? What version am I at? Um, information like that and the certification stuff. So I'm thread certified, I'm matter certified. And they will have all of that on there. And this means any device that's part of that system can look up a device's credentials and current versioning. Mm-hmm. My hope is we'll see actually services, security services that come in and can programmatically update all of your devices because that will be available to us. So right now I've got 80 devices in my house. I am like updating software all the time. Like I'll just open something and I'm like, boom, update. That'll all happen like at 2 a.m. behind the scenes when it needs to happen. If I can have something programmatically do it. So matter does have that in there. Nobody really knows yet how that's going to be implemented and how excited people are who are participating in Matter about that. Mm-hmm. And that will obviously matter. <laughs> yes. Also, I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, we had to at some point. I don't know why they changed. I liked Project Chip. I, that that had It was fraught with way less uh, pun opportunities. But uh, here we are with Matter, which feels like a weird choice for them to make. But that's a conversation for another day, I guess. I, I did sit through the branding discussion, and let me tell you, they they put a lot of thought into it. I'm sure they did. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Uh, well, no, th- and, and to that blockchain point, that it's a great example of when people say blockchain, that's just for you know speculators and drug dealers. Like, well, no, the, the technology itself can be used for a lot of uh, practical things, and this is this is a great example of one of them. It's blockchain. If if I do nothing else, let me tell you, blockchain is not just cryptocurrency. It is about establishing accountability and trust for devices at scale. And if we want to have a secure internet of things, we need to implement these sorts of like distributed ledgers. And this is like the most exciting part about Matter for me, yeah, to be honest. No, I agree. Okay. Stacy, thank you so much for explaining how Matter matters. Uh, where can folks find more of what you do? Sure. I do a weekly podcast at the Internet of Things podcast, and I have a newsletter. You can sign up for it at stacyoniot.com. And yes, that's me. Uh, Folks, I hope this helps you understand uh, when your smart home future might get a little simpler and, and, and what the borders are around this. In other words, I hope you know a little more about Matter. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.